Hello everybody and welcome back to 100 Years 100 Movies. Today is day 9 of the season of The Witch and today we're going back in time talking about horror in the 1940s or I should probably say the lack of horror in the 1940s. Um, the 1940s are an interesting time period because while we get some crazy, some great stuff with um, you know, the Archeo productions of Val Luton and we get a resurgence of the Universal Monsters um, we don't really get much else. Uh, there's like literal years in the 40s where like no horror movies came out. And part of that has to do with World War, uh, World War II specifically. Um, so, you know, finding a list of movies to really focus on um, has been difficult because I've already talked about like Cat People and the Universal Monsters um, and even some other movies that, uh, you know, starred Bela Lugosi and um, uh, Boris Karloff. But at the same time, you know, we still have Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi to look after. Val Luton um, still had a lot of the movies. And we even get, like, another really great take on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Um, that is to say the 40s overall are a not so great time period for horror unfortunately we do though get some really interesting horror adjacent movies or um movies based on um there's very loosely based on novels and st short stories that would fall within the horror realm and those are some of the ones that i really kind of wanted to um uh, to kind of focus on um, along with of course val luton as i mentioned you know i don't want to just make this in, um, you know, 31 days of the Universal Monsters. And I will be talking about them because I can't help myself. But I'm going to try to refrain when kind of going over decades and just trends within horror to do that, especially um, in the 30s and 40s, since that's the majority of them. But um, that is to say, you know, we still do have some some interesting stuff um, to kind of comb through with, with horror. And like I mentioned, even horror-adjacent movies, stuff like Black Narcissus, which is more of a drama, but definitely has some horror elements in it. Um, but I think probably one of the um, best movies of the 1940s overall, and, and something that is definitely gothic horror, uh, would be Rebecca. Um, Rebecca was directed by Alfred Hitchcock, um, based on the novel by Daphne de, Mu Ugh. Daphne de Maurier, Maurier. Jesus Christ, I can't say that name. Daphne du Maurier. Um, this stars Laurence Olivier and Joan Fontaine and George Sanders. So we have um, some pretty high pedigree here. But once again, this is a movie that it, it's more of a gothic uh, drama, but it's got like these ideas of possible ghosts and possessions. So it's definitely within the wheelhouse of horror, even if it isn't, excuse me, directly a horror movie. Um, Rebecca is like I mentioned, um, directed by Alfred Hitchcock, and Alfred Hitchcock is nothing if not great at ratcheting up, ratcheting up tension and doing a really good job of just um, being able to present um, really compelling stories. And he does a wonderful job with, with this movie. Um, in Rebecca, we follow um, Joan Fontaine, who marries Maxim de Winter, uh, played by Laurence Olivier, and who um, 
she's his second wife and little by little there's this whole specter of his first wife Rebecca over everything that happens to her um she along the way meets Mrs. Danvers who is was a confidant of of Rebecca and who basically is nudging her towards um trying to do things that ostensibly are supposed to help her uh win over Maxim and have him fall in love more in love with her than he already is but really do more to kind of irk and upset him more than anything um you know things like making intimating that she should wear a certain dress which was the same dress that um, Rebecca had worn on the last night before she died um there's also a lot of intrigue related to to her death um and as the movie progresses we find out you know family secrets as we are wont to do in in a gothic story um as the movie progresses we we learn that um Rebecca and Maxim were not in love they were uh, it was a marriage of convenience and Rebecca was actually going to leave him and had also um informed him that she was pregnant and would he would lose all his inheritance but because the child that she was pregnant with was not his um George Sanders shows up as Jack Vavell um Rebecca's um lover who then tries to um uh blackmail Lawrence Olivier and of course it doesn't work out um as it turns out Rebecca wasn't actually pregnant she was dying from cancer and tried to cause um Maxim to kill her in order uh to ruin his life basically um Rebecca's a great movie um it was remade this year or last year and is available this year um I think via Netflix it doesn't doesn't look very good if you want to get a better take on Rebecca check out the 1940 version or I guess you can always read the novel as well um but Rebecca is kind of like high class horror if you want to think about it as hard but once again the 40s you know it it's difficult to um to really find a lot of of good horror um uh, as i mentioned the war also like i'm thinking back like even when i was talking about the 20s and 30s there was stuff from other countries especially europe that were related to horror but the war really kind of negated that as a possibility uh, during that time and just in general um negated being able to make movies um another movie that i wanted to touch bases on is 1941's The Devil and Daniel Webster based on the short story of the same name um written by Stephen Vincent Benet. Uh this was directed by William Dieterle who was a, a German director who worked alongside um Fritz Lang and um F.W. Murnau with such movies such as Faust which is interesting because The Devil and Daniel Webster is basically a Faust story. Um in this story we follow um a man who makes a um uh a deal with Mr. Scratch played by Walter Houston and Mr. Scratch is of course the devil. Um he sells his soul for 7 years of prosperity and wealth and at the end of 7 years he is supposed to go off with Mr. Scratch and give up his soul um along the way he befriends um orator Daniel Webster who was a real life politician and he um as the seven as his prosperity continues and he um ends up marrying and having a son um 
once those seven years are up, he doesn't want to give up what he has. And Mr. Scratch, you know, tempts him again by telling him to sell him his son's soul. Um, and he actually, the motherfucker thinks about it before deciding, no, he can't do it. And he asked Daniel Webster to um, help him out. Uh, so Daniel Webster then basically uh, offers his soul um, in order to have a trial with Mr. Scratch. And if he loses the trial, then... Daniel Webster loses his soul to Mr. Scratch. If he wins, then um, all bets are off and Mr. Scratch gets no one's soul. Um, this is an interesting story. Once again, I mean, more kind of more, I guess, fantasy than anything. But I mean, you got the devil in there. It's, you know, pretty, pretty horror, horror based. The, the crazy thing, too, is that as I realized when I was watching this movie, is that there is a straight up uh, Treehouse of Terror Simpsons episode based on this, wherein... Um, Homer sells his soul to the devil for a donut. <laughs> and then um, he ends up uh, like going, uh, he has he has a trial where his soul, where he has to um, uh, basically, uh, Ned Flanders, who's the devil, um, has to go on trial to kind of show that he, that he can keep his soul. And during this trial, um, all of the jurors are uh, famous celebrities, including... Um, Richard Nixon, which was was alive at the time, um, which is actually something that happened in this movie as well. Not that Richard Nixon is in it, but that the jury is made up of people who, uh, such as Benedict Arnold, who actually is in that Simpsons episode as well, um, to kind of be on the jury to sort of um, kind of game the system. So it's really, I think it's always funny when I, I find what the direct influences for those Treehouse of Horror episodes are. These are the first ones, because um, that show in general kind of just went off the rails after like the 12th season probably um maybe even sooner that i don't know regardless though that was a pretty fun episode and it's kind of interesting to see that this is the movie that it's based on um as i mentioned you know one of the the big figures in in horror one of the studios that was really um major one in the 40s for for uh, horror movies was RKO Pictures and specifically the productions of Val Luton. As I mentioned, you know, Cat People is probably the best known of the movies that uh, Val Luton produced and probably the best one that that he produced. Um, And it was successful and it really took a different, more psychological take and really worked more along the lines of um, kind of trying to touch up on... um, other issues that are going on through horror, which it, it was definitely a different take than what was kind of being done with Universal, which was more um, focusing on the monsters themselves, which isn't a bad thing. It's just, it's, you know, it's something different. Um, 1944 actually gave us a sequel, quote unquote, to Cat People known as The Curse of the Cat People. And I say sequel, quote unquote, because there's very little that um, ties both of these movies together, aside from the fact that the ghost of arena shows up um in curse of cat people um and once again simone simon is back to play arena who was the protagonist um of the first movie now um this this movie this title or giving this movie this particular title was a total cash grab something that um rko basically made um uh uh, val luton do in order to release this movie i think originally he wanted to call it like anna and alice and her or Amy and her friend, I believe, because Amy is the main character who's a little girl who um, sees Arena's ghost. And um, it's basically more of a family drama with some fantastical elements in it. Um, 
more than anything. Um, they do threaten to kill a child at one point, so there's that. But um, as far as horror goes, you know, they're, they're just, they're, really isn't a lot um but you know in a way it's also this isn't anywhere near as as good as cat people but um i think kind of having these underlying ideas of family in this particular in this movie and um trying to um having blended families because like um amy's mom dies in the beginning of the movie and um her dad remarries and so she's trying to kind of make things they're trying to make kind of make things work as a new family. Um, and Amy's always kind of shown these fantastical, um, uh, not insights, but I guess um, she's always seen these fantastical things and everyone's kind of playing it off. And little by little, you know, they kind of learn to be a family and to accept um, Amy's um, proclivities. Uh, like I said, not, not necessarily the best movie, but definitely an interesting movie from that time period. And speaking of Val Luton, another one of the movies that he produced was The Body Snatcher, um, based loosely on the Robert Louis Stevenson um, novel, uh, directed by Robert Weiss. And uh, in this movie, we follow um, Boris Karloff's um, John Gray, who is a cabman who, on the side... Um, is a body snatcher. He takes bodies and he sells them to um, Dr. Wolf McFarlane, who is a medical doctor who uses the bodies for um, experiments, you know, and something, this is based off of, like, kind of what actually what happened back in this time period. This is set during the, I want to say 1800s, um, but, you know, a lot of the, um, or maybe early 1900s, and a lot of the um, work that was done in order for anatomy and order stuff was was done with bodies that were robbed from graves so boris karloff is a rape robber who can a, a grave robber who kind of holds this over dr mcfarland and his assistants one of which is played by bella lugosi so we get both um frankenstein and dracula in this movie um and much like <laughs> in many movies where they, they are together um boris karloff ends up killing bella lugosi because um, bella lugosi tries to blackmail him um this movie it's interesting like i said um there's as much time this movie devoted to dr mcfarland trying to um um operate on a crippled girl to have her be able to walk again as it is on um boris karloff doing shady boris karloff shit you know but um it's interesting just because as i've mentioned you know in general just kind of having these stories that deal with horrific things and even the fact that um um they mentioned like harrison burke who were um famously um brought up on charges for of grave robbing um actual historical figures and intimating that they were involved with the story is interesting and it's just kind of good to see um boris karloff and bella lugosi uh continue in horror especially boris karloff who was someone that um, as I've mentioned before, was much more successful um, than than Lugosi. Uh, I mean, their legacies, especially as specifically Frankenstein and Dracula, and just in general in horror, um, you know, they have them now. But um, at the time, you know, they were just a couple of actors trying to make ends meet, especially especially Lugosi, who uh, kind of derailed his career for, for a long time. Um, but it's interesting to see them and, and to even when it's a smaller role especially for someone like Lugosi to kind of see him be able to go out there and and do what he does best which is 
kind of be a despicable motherfucker. Um, and it's always fun to watch Boris Karloff as these um, characters, which he ended up playing a lot more of as he as he got as he was um, as he got older, that um, do horrific things, but aren't necessarily um, the big bads that you think they're, they're going to be. Um, but this movie is it's, it's interesting. It's definitely worth, worth checking out. Um, the last movie that I wanted to talk about, which is actually, I think, another Val Luton movie now that I think about it, is I Walked With a Zombie, which, interestingly enough, more than anything, is very loosely based on um, a Jane Eyre story, um, I believe it's based uh, loosely based on Emma, much like, interestingly enough, because, you know, being that this is a zombie movie, um, and there was, you know, uh, a, about 10 years ago, we had um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, which is another Jane Austen story. Um, now, I Walked With a Zombie has to do, has a deal with Haitian zombies to a certain extent. I mean, um, this was, uh, they, uh, once again, Archeo really wanted to push this idea of zombies because of stories that were in the newspaper and this is more of the um traditional haitian zombie people that um aren't necessarily dead but that are um being um controlled by others and asked to do to do certain things against their will in this case they um are in a sugar plantation in the caribbean and um i walked with a zombie is an interesting movie it's uh, narrated by francis d who just to see narration in general in movies is just interesting because it doesn't happen a lot um but just to get an idea of what um zombie movies were before um um before romero's take on them is always kind of fascinating because no one really does them that way anymore and outside of maybe white zombie um this is maybe the most one of the better known ones and there was actually a pop song in the 50s written about it um which is called i walked with a zombie um so you know that's always that's always good um so yeah so i mean overall you know the 1940s um were an interesting time period just in general i mean there was a lot going on in the world and um i think we get to see the fruition of that more so later on in the 50s but uh, between the wars between the restrictions that were placed on um on horror um due to the Hayes code as it as time progressed um and due to just kind of the falling out of the popularity of horror movies as um as the 30s progressed um you know the in the early 30s like horror was the biggest thing but by the end of the of the 1930s and the beginning of the 40s uh, horror horror had kind of gotten played out and aside from a small um time period where it kind of came to fruition again in the early 40s like in 1941 1942 uh it kind of fell by the wayside you know and and really other types of movies um the western i'm thinking in particular um were really kind of taking over and really kind of becoming more of the thing that people were watching and of course war movies because you know we were leading up to a war and then we're in a war and um yeah just in general um movies weren't the thing that people were necessarily thinking about in that time period so especially with horror you know it it we have like these really crazy dips um in the 40s um but still even with that you know there's definitely still things that 
are worth checking out even if um, there isn't as many of them. Um, so that's basically going to be it for the 1940s. Um, thank you for listening, and we will be back tomorrow continuing the season of The Witch. And we'll see you then. Thank you.